Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Verse 10, he says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, right? Even though he's sad, rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. And so he's saying, look, as you serve the Lord, uh, you're going to see things that make you sorrowful and sad, but we rejoice because we know that God can heal, God can restore, God can do things. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. <clears throat> Paul was not financially rich, yet he made other people rich. Uh, he, he helped, he enriched their lives by bringing them out of darkness into light. And yet when we get to heaven, Paul is probably going to be one of the wealthiest people in heaven, right? When you, when you think about eternal rewards, uh, because he lived his life to enrich other people, to help other people, to serve other people. And we know that's what Jesus came to do. And that's what Jesus told us that produces the best kind of life. Verse 11, he says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open and you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. In other words, Paul's saying, look, we were open and honest with you, and we want you to be open and honest with us. And he's, he's saying, don't be fake, right? And I think, uh, you know, it's important that for all of us that we not allow ourselves to become religious people that are like the Pharisees and Sadducees, right? Not being fake. Because it's so easy to be fake, right? I mean, you can come to church and pretend like your life is wonderful and, and you know, like some social media people, right? I mean, you, you hear these stories all the time about people that are just completely fake. And, um, and, and why is it so easy to be fake? Well, because the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it, right? So over and over again, the Bible tells us that we need to look at ourselves and recognize that we can sometimes be pretending, right? Galatians 6, 4, he says, but let each one examine his own work. And so why does the Lord encourage us to examine ourselves? Well, because it's so easy to think wrong things about ourselves uh, and about our spiritual life. I mean, you know, you, you can have somebody uh, who their wife says, well, my husband has an anger problem. And you see him at church and you say, hey, your wife told me that you have an anger problem. And he says, I don't have an anger problem. What makes you think that? Right? And, and you could be like, well, I don't know. What do you mean what makes me think? Nothing. Nothing makes me think that, right? And yet, everybody in the room is like, this person is deceiving themselves, right? And, but in spiritual things, it's harder because, you know, we can, we don't, it's not that obvious, right? We don't have a guy yelling in the lobby, right? But, uh, but the Bible tells us that we can deceive ourselves about who we are, about our relationship with God. In 1 Corinthians 3, 18, he says, let no one deceive himself. And so, uh, in Jesus' day, there were very religious people, and they thought they were very spiritual and righteous, but Jesus said they were deceived. The, the Pharisees and Sadducees deceived themselves into thinking they were close with God, right with God, and, uh, but in reality, they were very carnal, right? And Jesus said, don't be like those people who, you know, go to church and pretend, uh, right, that they're, they're just fake. And in Matthew 16, 6, Jesus said to them, uh, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? And, and, and what, what was the leaven? It was th their hypocrisy, right? That they were, they were not real with themselves. And, and so 
Jesus said in verse 28 of Matthew 23, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. In other words, he's saying, you know, you come to church and outwardly it seems like you're all righteous and doing great, but inside there's lawlessness. You're, you're living in rebellion to God. And I think it's easy to become like a Pharisee because, you know, you get to the place where you think, well, because I don't rob banks and I don't, you know, smoke crack and I don't shoot people, I'm not a murderer, then you think, well, I'm a pretty good person. But true spirituality involves being like Jesus, right? The more that we're like Jesus, then th- the more spiritual we are. And, and, and what does it mean to be like Jesus? Does it mean to debate people? Does it mean to be able to use big words and, uh, you know, be able to debate, right? No. What did Jesus say himself in Matthew 20, 25? Jesus called them and said to them, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. The Pharisees wanted to have a position, authority, title. They wanted to people to call them, hey, I'm the most holy, grand, spiritual one, right? And Jesus said, man, you don't want to have authority over people in the sense of not saying that you can't have it at your job, but he's saying in your spiritual realm, you don't want to act like that you're better than people. You don't want to act like you're more spiritual than they are. And he's saying, then he said, I didn't come to do that. And Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve people. And so when you think about gauging spirituality, Jesus said the most spiritual people are the people who are the greatest servants, right? He, he didn't say the most spiritual the people are the people who can debate and argue. No, he said, he said, I didn't come to debate people. I didn't come for people to serve me. I came to serve others. And so the Pharisees wanted people to serve them. They wanted to have position and authority. Jesus saying, humble yourself and be a servant. And that produces the kind of spirituality that produces all those things that you want in your life, joy and peace and love. And so Paul goes on to say in verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness. And so uh, here in verse 14, unequally yoked, the idea comes from Deuteronomy 22 in the Old Testament that he was saying you shouldn't oak, uh, yoke a ox and a donkey together. There in Deuteronomy 22.10, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Now, why wouldn't you plow with an ox and a donkey? Well, because they have two different natures. They're two different, right? An ox has a temperament that works well with a yoke, can plow, but a donkey is rebellious and stubborn, and it doesn't work well together, right? So the idea is, as a believer, you have a new nature, you're a new creation, and the idea is that you're not going to work well if you are unequally yoked with an unbeliever. I was thinking about this today. I could write a book of all of the people I know who were Christians, went to church, married a non-Christian, and then had just drama afterwards, right? And, but I'm not going to write it because no one read it because it's depressing, <laughs> right? So I'm not going to write that book. But, but here the Bible tells us, right? Don't do it, right? And, and it applies to dating. It applies to marriage, right? If an unbeliever marries a believer, they have two, you know, two different sets of values and goals. It's confusing, right? And there's all kinds of problems, and then it causes confusion for the kids. And, you know, over the years as a pastor, uh, you know, I've just seen so much heartache that goes along with it. And, but what it doesn't mean is that if you are married to an unbeliever, that you should divorce them. In 1 Corinthians seven twelve, it says, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let, not him, uh, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, uh, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. So, I mean, if you're already married and you're reading this for the first time, well, try to stay together, right? Try to work it out. But if you're not married and you're getting married, you don't want to marry somebody who's going in a different direction than you are, right? I mean, and that's why in pre-marriage counseling, we talk to young uh, couples who are getting married and saying, hey, uh, how much money do you want to li- make? Where do you want to live? How many children do you want to have? You know, the guy, do you want your wife to work? Do you expect her to be uh, uh, equal opportunity, you know, 
feminist or whatever. I don't expect her to work more hours than you or do you want her to stay home and have children, you know. Uh, because here's the thing. It's crazy how many people get married and don't talk about any of this stuff, right? Then they get married and they're like, well, I want to do this. Well, I want to do that. Well, this ain't jiving. And then, then conflict, right? And uh, so important to understand that uh, God knows the future. He knows how things are going to work out and his word tells us. So verse 15, he says, and what accord has Christ with Belial? And what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And now he's going to quote from Isaiah, from the Bible, verse 17. Therefore, come out from among you, among them, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you shall be as my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So, in other words, what he's saying here, he's saying, if you live in rebellion to God, then he can't bless you the way he wants to. But if you choose to uh, uh, follow him and separate yourself from those things that the Bible says are bad and sinful and wrong, then, then God is going to be a father to you, and he's going to bless you, and, and it's going to be good, right? And if you're here tonight and you're thinking, well, what if you need a spouse? Well, here's the thing. You don't need to go hunting. You can just pray, right? Lord, you bring the right person. And, you know, the Lord knows the right time. Well, what if I've been praying for one year or two years or three years and it's not here yet? Four years. I prayed for four years. And, and one day, the Lord sent a girl who was living in Massachusetts to my Bible study and brought her in the house. I never met her before. Then the next day she said, yep, God told me I'm going to marry you. I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> so I actually didn't say it was pretty good. I thought, well, that's weird. Anyway, but here's the thing. God knows what's best for you. And when you trust him, you walk by faith, and you pray, the Lord's going to work it out. Right? I've known people that tell me, well, I'm getting old. I'm almost 30. i got to get married right away. You know, it's like, you're going to be fine, right? I mean, just, uh, but God wants us to trust him. And, and it's so important when you do that that you recognize that the, Jesus said, when you trust him and you seek him and you put him first, then he's going to work everything out. He's going to be your father. And in Matthew 6, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's such a great way to live life. They're just trusting the Lord, seeking him, putting him first, saying, Lord, you direct me. Open doors where you want me to go. Close doors where you don't want me to go. Lord, and I want you to guide me. And when you do that, then God wants to bless you, right? And he's going to bless you. And as you seek him, he's going to hear your prayer. When you say, Lord, help me, I don't know what to do, right? Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day that when I got married, I didn't know, is this going to work out? You know, my, I came from a dysfunctional family, and I prayed and said, God, is this going to work? And I don't know, and I admit that I don't know, God. I don't, and so, Lord, I need you to direct me. And, you know, and then the Lord said, yeah, okay, Bob, marry this girl. And when I sensed that the Lord was going to marry, or told me to marry her, on the day of the wedding, my best friend asked me, we were driving to church, he said, so are you nervous? And I said, I'm not nervous. He said, you're not nervous? That's kind of weird. I said, well, I've been praying for a year, and God told me this is the person. And I feel like God specifically told me, yes, marry this girl. And he's like, well, that's kind of weird. Anyway, I'm like, well, and now here 37 years later, I'm like, yep, I'm pretty sure that was God. <laughs> right? uh, but here's the thing. That involves faith, trusting God, walking by faith. And, but sometimes we can get in a panic and, oh, well, I can't wait any longer for God. I, I'm, I'm 31. <laughs> I'm about dead. <laughs> it's like, right? I mean, I heard some lady had a baby and she's 50-something. I'm like, yeah, 30s. I mean, I used to think 30 was old, but now I don't. I mean, 30 is pretty good, right? I mean, uh, you're in your prime till 32. So uh, <laughs> what if I'm 33? Well, I don't know. God is a God of miracles, <laughs> right? <laughs> so well, we're going to stop there because we're out of time. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we do pray that you help us to be people, Lord, who 
are desiring, Lord, with all of our hearts and minds and souls to, to worship you with all that we are. Lord, we want to be faithful and patient in serving you and seeking you. Lord, help us to be servants, Lord, to humble ourselves and want to use the gifts and talents and resources that you've given us to help other people to come out of darkness into the light. And so we pray you would stir our hearts and, and open the doors for us as a church family. Lord, to reach our friends and our family members who don't know you, to encourage them to, to have a relationship with you, to experience the joy and the, the love and the blessings that come from having a relationship with you. And so we thank you for your word tonight. And we pray you would cause these truths to, to not only go into our hearts, but that we would put them into practice, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Community Christmas Eve services on Sunday, December 24th at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is a great way to celebrate the birth of Christ. Festivities will include the singing of Christmas carols with a contemporary feel and a message from Pastor Bob Larson. For more information, visit us at our website at calvarycaldwell.com, like us on Facebook, and may the Lord bless you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day.